Hey, business building warrior. This is Jim. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. We have an episode with guests today and we got to turn on the video camera. Today's guests are Joel and Jessica Decker. They are coaches on our team. They're doing a tremendous job. They've coached a whole bunch of students for us and very successfully, I might add. And they've got a great story as well. It's such a cool couple. You're going to love getting to know them a little bit. They've built a business that's right about a million dollars at great profit margins. They're doing a little bit of the replens model. That's about half of their business. And the rest is kind of the treasure hunt model, you know, the scanning barcodes, finding great deals. And they've got a small team, a big family. They homeschool. And it's just a beautiful story. You're going to love getting to know these guys. And I just love doing these episodes on a personal note, just hanging out with these guys for a little bit today. I've already recorded the episode as I'm recording these comments, but it was just so good getting to know them a little bit more and hearing from their heart and their perspective on this opportunity. They truly want to see people's lives changed through the stuff that they know. They just can't help but share it. So they love being coaches because they get to share the stuff that they know works. And I think you're going to pick up on that vibe very much from this great, humble, knowledgeable, very successful family that uses the stuff that we teach around here as their income to support their family and their kids. So as we get to know these guys, I think you're going to agree with me when I say what an incredible team we have. I'm just so blessed to have all these great coaches. And I want to introduce to you right now and get on the line, Joel and Jessica Decker. So Joel and Jessica, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Hi, thank you. Hey, good to see you guys. It's only been a few weeks ago. We were all together in Tampa. That's right. uh, And that was phenomenal, but it just flew by so fast. And you two are a couple that I've really been eager to get to know a little bit better. So I'm excited about this show. I want to jump right into your story. All right. Well, I'm Jessica. This is my husband, Joel. We've been married for literally forever. We were um, high school sweethearts. We grew up in Northern Indiana and we decided against going to college and we decided that he was going to join the Air Force instead. And so we spent 21 years traveling the world, going to lots of different countries and lots of different states. Um, We have four children. We have two older children who are already married and grown up and have given us almost seven grandchildren. My daughter is pregnant with number seven. Wait, whoa. You guys have (laughs) seven grandkids? We do. Almost. almost. You guys got married when you were like 10 and 12, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty close. (laughs) We were teenagers. We were young, yes. Wow. It was Indiana. So what else do you do, right? So, um, (laughs) Hey, watch it. I'm a Hoosier as well. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So our two oldest have moved out. Our son is also now in the Air Force. He's stationed out in Arizona. And our other daughter lives pretty close by. And so we get to see our grandchildren from her all the time, which is wonderful. That's great. And And thank you for serving Joel. And thank you to your son as well. That's a very significant thing in our household, as well as many listeners I know as well. Thank you so much for that. So our two youngest are still at home. We have a 15-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son. And we're still kind of homeschooling. We're attempting to homeschool them still as well. So we're in the Air Force, like I said, for 21 years. And we were living overseas in Germany. And we knew that it was time to retire because our children were moving out. I... I was tired of flying back and forth to see my grandbabies, the ones that, you know, they had started having. 
And so Joel decided it was time to go ahead and retire and be done with this Air Force thing. And so we looked at our budget and we said, okay, we got to do something to help supplement our income. Mm -hmm. And so we started looking at the internet and seeing what can we do? What can we do to kind of make some extra money? And we found Amazon. We found selling on Amazon. And um, the first thing that we found was where you actually utilize print on demand, where you're putting a, you know, a design on a mug or a t-shirt. Oh, okay. And when was this? How, how long ago was this? In 2016. Yep. Okay. Yeah. About five um, years ago. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we thought this is perfect because we were living in Germany at the time. We did we had no concept of, you know, VAs or prep centers or any of that kind of thing. And so all we had to do was, you know, put these designs up on this, you know, these products, launch them on Amazon, and the company would fulfill them and send them to the customer. We're like, this is beautiful. This is perfect. And so I started, you know, putting designs up, making all kinds of, you know, designs because I thought that was super cool and lots of fun. And then Joel's like, well, how about I give it a try? And I'm like, okay, whatever. Why don't you try it? And so he puts one design up and that design, I am not kidding, has sold almost every single day until... Oh, it sells, it sells every day. Yes. Some sells every day, yeah. multiple times That's a day. phenomenal. I love it. So, so we obviously still, that's still, you know, a part, part of our business, not a huge part, but it's still part of our business. Every time that um, it's being fulfilled, you know, I, I think to myself, I need to spend more time on this. I need to go back to this and do a little bit more of this print on demand stuff, but you know, it's other things take time too. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So you guys haven't really touched that business in some time. I take it just kind of run on autopilot, the work you yeah. did a long Basically. time ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We hired someone to kind of do the fulfillment of that because it's kind of tedious and time consuming every day to sit down and place the orders. So we hired somebody to take care of that end of it for us. And um, we've also launched that product on other platforms as well, you know, Etsy and eBay and whatnot. And so, you know, it's pretty hands off. We just see the check. Well, it's not a check anymore, but the deposits come through. So that's pretty cool. I love it. We probably need to put together, together a little mini course or something on that concept for the community and uh, get you guys into training others on how to do that. Sounds like you guys some, and I know we've got some other people in the community doing mm -hmm. that same sort of thing as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't talked about it in a while, but the uh, promotional companies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. There's, there is actually a course in the proven Amazon course on that. Had you guys seen that or been through it by any chance? We have seen it. Yeah. I looked at it quite some time ago. So not anytime recent, but yeah, it's been a while. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious if that was kind of like overlapping with the concept that you guys are talking about here. It's pretty similar, you know, because we don't have to purchase the products from the promotional company. You know, we just, it all just is fulfilled through the supplier. So. Yeah, I got you. It's more like a dropship arrangement. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah. It's basically, I was avoiding I, that word. I think <laughs> you have to be careful with who you're working with. You want to make sure that you can trust that they're sending out a good product, that they're going to mm -hmm. fulfill the item within the time frame that you're um, saying that it will be fulfilled by, because you're basically putting your uh, account reputation in the hands of somebody else. So yeah. if you go down the road of doing print on demand, make sure that you find a manufacturer or a fulfillment center that you trust. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the same responsibility you have as if you merchant fulfilled right. a product, right? Amazon's expecting to ship out on time. So if you're leaving that in someone else's hands, you could get yourself in trouble if it's Absolutely. being dropshipped. You got to have a good, solid relationship yeah. there for sure. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. It sounds like you guys don't have very many eggs in that basket anyway at this point. Right. No, it's not, not, huge. It's not huge. It's just small and consistent. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. 
I love that part of the story though. I just wanted to fill in some gaps because I know people are like, oh, I haven't heard that before. That sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been a lot of fun. So yeah, so we did that for um, we did, about a well, year. Well, that was our very first Q4. Mm-hmm. It was in 2016. Yeah. As we were kind of in the process of learning more and more about that business, we realized that there are people who went to the store and bought stuff and actually sent it into Amazon and sold it on the platform. And we were going, wow, that's really cool. We should try that. But we couldn't quite figure out how to do that living overseas in Germany. I was coming back and forth a lot, you know, to see family and whatever, but we still just kind of couldn't wrap our brains around it. And so we um, bought the pack course and I became a coaching student. And then we went to our very first, at that time, it was called CES. We went to CES 5 in Florida, I think it was, Orlando, Florida. That was our second time in Florida, right? Yeah, okay. And and thank you, by the way, we were um, scholarship into that um, CES. Really? Thank you for yes, that. We I'm learning so much about you guys. This is great. I didn't even realize that. Okay. Well, you're welcome in retrospect. <laughs> I'm so glad we did that. <laughs> well, and we are too, because we went to that conference and as we walked out of there, we said, we are never going to miss one of these conferences ever again. We made wow. um, some really great relationships. We've met people that we actually still talk to today that are still our friends. And we learned so much that it was it was incredibly valuable to our business. And we said, we will never miss one of these again. And we haven't, except for, of course, last year when it was canceled. But we've been to all of them since. That was a huge stepping stone in our, mm-hmm. in our business. That Orlando event, it's bringing back memories you guys mentioned you hadn't thought about in a while. But Remember, there was a hurricane that blew through right before we had that event. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> I, I had this great idea. I'm going to take my family down about a month beforehand and just enjoy three weeks or so of fun and sun and go to Disney. And, you know, then we'll yeah. do the event nice and relaxed and ready to welcome people in from all over the world. And a hurricane blew through while we were there. So we, we drove, I think it was like 16 or 18 hours to try to get to Atlanta to avoid this. Like in the eye of that storm, went right over <laughs> our hotel a week before the event. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Should I have had insurance for this? I don't know, right? It was, it was crazy. Right. But it ended up being a phenomenal event as they've all been. I love the backstory of, of how that's how you guys got started too, because that event came very close to not happening. Right. It did. Thank God. And you guys were part of it. And it was a tremendous event. So I love that that's where your roots in our community kind of started. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. So at that, after a then, you know, Joel moved home. I kind of came home a little bit before he did. Bought a house here in South Georgia where we live now, um, close to my grandchildren. And Joel started doing RA. Just your normal run of the mill, going to the stores, looking for product, going through the clearance aisle, looking Scanning for Scanning barcodes. Getting barcodes. Yep, absolutely. Coming home empty-handed, maybe coming home with a hundred bucks worth of stuff. And I was kind of doing the packing and shipping. You know, we were doing this at the time um, on our bedroom floor, just kind of, you know, putting together these little bitty shipments. And um, then we kind of started getting a little bit bigger Mm -hmm. and we're like, okay, we can't do this on the floor anymore. We need to do something a little more smart here. We need to Let's, let's move to the dining room. Yeah, it was so, a big move. Moving on up. We proud of that. We, we, were, we showed it off to our friends and anybody who would pay attention to us. We were proud of that dining room space. So, we had a floor scale and everything. So, <laughs> That's awesome. So we're prepping product now in our dining room. No one can eat, but we have a, you know, a little place where we can prep our yeah. product. And again, we're, we're kind of, we're growing. And now product is now spilling out into the living room and we're going, okay. 
we, I remember one Q4, we have like these French doors that come from our dining room into our living room. And we had to open the doors up and move the couch and set all these tables up. And it took over our entire living room. Yeah. And we were going, okay, we have to do something. This is ridiculous. And so we kind of tossed around a couple of different ideas, but what we finally landed on is that we were going to add on to our house because I didn't want to go get a warehouse space in town. I didn't want to leave my house. I wanted to be here where my kids are. You know, I wanted to come run in here and do something real quick. I, I wanted it to be close. And so we decided to add on to our house. And um, that's actually what you can see here behind us. I was is, about to ask for people who are watching this episode on YouTube, there's a big open space behind you guys. Looks yeah. very perfect for prepping, in my opinion. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yep. It's connected to our home, um, which I think is great because if you go out the French door this way, there's my pool and my hot tub. And so if we get tired of prepping, we can go out that way. We've got a playground out this way for the grandkids. I can watch them out the window. And um, we just have this beautiful space that, you know, that we can kind of just do a little bit of everything. We can work in here. We can play in here. We've hosted church parties in here. So um, it's a great space. Man, that's so awesome. Well, Joel, I want to hear from you a little bit. Like as you were listening to this recap, this rapid fire recap, like anything that we missed or left out, like from your perspectives? You know, I'm very thankful for the uh, the opportunity that I've had uh, with you know the with being able to resell uh, with an Amazon on Amazon platform, and I'm thankful for the the tutorial and the you know the lessons that we've had and the advice that we've gotten and the coaching that we've gotten from your group because there's there was a there was someone else in the beginning I don't remember his name but it was one of the one of the types of things that you get into where they will, once you get into it a little bit, you know, they want you to drop $10,000 to buy a container of stuff from China. And, and, you know, they, they had a, a great plan to, to move it all and sell it all on Amazon, but I just didn't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, a different, you're talking about a different program that you were considering. Yeah. Different program. I don't remember who it was, but yeah. was we one. wouldn't call them out anyway at this point, but <laughs> right. I, I know exactly what you're saying. It's, yeah. You know, we'll do it all the work. Anytime they're like, oh, we'll do all the work for you. Like, uh, you know, that's, right. you got to be super cautious. I've yet to see any of those offers like that last more than a few months. And man, they reel in a bunch of people, but they just don't last. So yeah, good job avoiding that. <laughs> yeah, I think once we, um, you know, once we found your community and started learning the business or the as different aspects of the business through your community is when we, we realized that we were on the right track. And, you know, there's, there's still things that we're learning every day. You know, we're both coaches now. We both you know, have people that we're coaching and, you know, it's, you continue to learn how to do things better. You continue to, to learn that, you know, sometimes you need to go back to what you started with and do the basics again, because that's what worked in the beginning. And as maybe you get off track a little bit and get distracted, you can go back to those things and continue to to find those items that are profitable just by doing the basics. The basics really work. Yeah. I mean, just this morning, I was noticing one of our top ASINs, like it's the same product. We sell it on two or three different listings and we're selling a lot of it lately. I just thought, when's the last time someone went in and checked and see if there's any other listings yep. that have that product in it? Like we don't, we don't have a process for going through and checking and, and we all should. If something's really flying off the shelf, one of the first things you should do is go, okay, where else is this product sold on Amazon? 
mm-hmm. probably opportunity there too. Yeah. But yeah. when, and, and within just 10 minutes, I found another ACE and like, we could have been using it all along. Why haven't we been? I don't know. What, whose job is it to check that? We, we don't have a policy for it. We should. And like, yeah. that, that's another $200 a month that should be going into the bank account. That's just been sitting yeah. there the whole time. Right. right. So you notice those little things. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And there's always a bunch of them. Right. I want to dive into just a little bit the dynamic. You guys said your coaches on our team, and you guys are doing a phenomenal job. But the back of the end of the story here is Jessica is actually one of coaching leaders, mm-hmm. and Joel is one of our newest coaches who's working yes. for a coaching leader who has a team. So, yes. how's right. that working out? I want to get an update. I haven't talked to you guys about that yet. We've, we've had that arrangement here for a few months. And how big is your team now, Jessica? I only have three three people on my team right now. Yeah. Joel's one of them. Joel's one of them, yeah. So where's he rank? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we won't say it, no. <laughs> no, yeah, I love the way we're, our, our coaching program is organized is we have coaching leaders with teams and they have coaches under them. And, and so there's a support structure there if you have questions or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, so how many students have you coached now total, Jessica, maybe between the two of you as well? Like how deep into this are you? I want to say we're up to about 70 between the two of us. Well, and I've just took on my fourth student last week. And yeah, so the majority of are, have been mine. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, right. That's so cool. I just love yeah. it. I love that conversation I had with Joel because one of the things we do is I, you know, I'll get to know each new student or excuse me, each new coach as they come on board and have a conversation. And and this is the first time we've had this arrangement where, you know, husband or wife, spouse of any kind is like joining the team of the spouse who's already well experienced. I think it's the coolest thing. I just love it. Like I want to see those evaluation reports. I can't wait. (laughs) Um, That's that's probably something I would enjoy. Yeah. Right. Because that's the one thing that. that you know, I, I guess I hesitated when she started with coaching was knowing my background in the military. I'm very, when it comes to learning or developing a skill, I want it to be very structured. And I knew that the coaching program was not necessarily designed that way. But what I've seen over the last year plus that she's been coaching is that it works with the design that you've built. And so as I've paid attention to her and what she's teaching her students and how it's working, I'm like, ah, I can I can fit into that. You know, that's, well, I want to dive into that a little bit more. I love that you brought that up, Joel, because our coaching program is about 16, 17 years old at this point. Mm-hmm. And literally everyone who had an e-commerce coaching program at the point we launched ours is long gone. Pretty much everyone who launched one five years or more ago is long gone. Like those programs just don't last in this industry, but ours has. And I love that you're coming at it from an angle of military. It's like everybody knows their, their KPIs. Everybody knows the procedures. Like here's the things you're going to learn. Step one, step two. And our coaching program's not like that. So I'd love to hear you unpack your perspective on how it's different and why it works, even though it doesn't have that super structured feel. Like, you know, what's your experience been? Just four students in, but you've seen Jessica doing it for a while now. And as a military guy, I'm very curious. You know, I think I would I would naturally like to have a lesson plan when I sit down uh, with the the client or student, and that I can go through as a as an instructor or a teacher, and you know, make sure that you know I'm helping them meet their objective, and it's you know it's based on you know a metric that they can that I can determine if I'm a successful teacher, right? And that's I think that's what it comes down to. Um, sure. Me wanting to kind of gauge or judge my skill as an instructor or a teacher or a coach. And so if you don't have that metric to go back to, then I guess you have to get more personal with your, the person that you're coaching 
And you have to really understand, you know, what it is that they're gauging success on and help them help them get to that point with, you know, based on the time, resources, and tools that they have, but also the knowledge and experience that you have as a coach. And so that's for me that I guess, you know, in the beginning, you know, I thought, well, I'd be much more comfortable teaching a lesson plan, but that's okay if it's not comfortable for me. You know, I can I can um, get outside of my comfort zone and uh, if needed, if it helps somebody else and if it, if it makes me a better person in the long run as well. Yeah, it's more relational. And you can't argue with the results either. I mean, that's, you know, that that's kind of the, what I fall back on. I've received a fair amount of pushback over the years. Like, ah, oh, we need like a, a core, like base curriculum. Like, well, we kind of have that. That's the proven Amazon course, right? Mm-hmm. But a, a coach is more of a, like you said, brilliantly, Joel, it's like, Where's this person trying to get? What assets do they have? Well, that's a true coaching experience. You know, like you guys are in, both in CrossFit. We could pro- probably borrow some lessons from there. Like I imagine, and I haven't done it myself. You guys are both pretty active in it. But one of the first things I'm, you probably do is like you set that bar of like, okay, here's where we're at. <laughs> like okay. yep. here's, here's what we're capable of right now. One push mm-hmm. up, half a pull up, run a quarter mile and pass out. Right. Where do we want to be six months from now? Right. What are the incremental to get us there? And that requires someone who actually cares, who listens, who like, okay, here's, you know, cheers you on to those little victories. So it's much more like that versus, you know, if CrossFit was like, okay, day one, everybody does five pull-ups, go home, you know, day two, everybody is like, it's not like that. Everybody's coming from different advantages and backgrounds. And so I think those two worlds, it's, it's more like CrossFit than it is like a, you know, a workbook that everyone's going to go through step-by-step. Right. Exactly. And that's a good analogy because in that, CrossFit world, uh, the things that pay off the most are consistency and hard work. And it's the same thing with uh, yeah. business on Amazon. If, if you're consistent with what uh, is working and what proves to be working and just stay consistent with that and put in the hard work, it's going to pay off and you're going to get, right. you're going to, you're going to reap the reward. That's good. I'm fond of saying frequently that the rules for success in all the important areas of life are exactly the same. And I think we just kind of discovered and unpacked another one, you know, in it's all about working hard, consistent, doing it for others, you know, lone wolves don't succeed in CrossFit or in business or in relationships, right? In the important areas, got to have others doing it for others, commitment, consistency. This is good stuff. We should probably package this one as a course or something. There's a lot of good stuff. in (laughs) What are you thinking, Jessica, as we're going through all this? Well, um, I'm excited that he is a coach on my team because it's another person that I can rely on. You know, if we have a, a student that I need to, I need to readjust or go somewhere, I, I know that I can trust my husband. I know he's a good teacher. He's been doing this for a while. You know, we've helped a lot of people. We've taught a lot of people how to do Amazon before we did it formally for Jim Cochran coaching. You know, we would have um, people come over to our house and stay with us for three days. And we do these little like mini conferences where we, you know, show them how to pack up a shipment, show them how to scan, show them how to source, take them out, take them out shopping in the store. You know, we, we had several groups of people, just uh, people we didn't even know. And they would come to our home and we would show them how to do this. So I know that, I mean, we've been teaching people and we like doing that. I really enjoy seeing these people succeed, you know, when they text me and say, I just sold something. You know, that's the most exciting feeling to see somebody else, you know, hit their goals. Well, that's if you guys are open to it. I mean, we we do some of that. And if you, I didn't even realize you got. It looks like you have the space. Let's talk after this episode. Like, right. hey, if you want to do it, 
let's send some more people your way because we are yeah. getting a lot of people signing up for our, our on-site where we either travel mm-hmm. to them or they can yeah. travel to us types of trainings. Uh, you know, we're having a lot of success with that. Students are loving it. Yeah. So we need to talk yeah. offline. Didn't know you guys were set up for that. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. We, so it's really, um, I have a couple of other tremendous coaches on my team as well. One of my guys is really great at wholesale. Then another one of the guys is just, he's really active in the replants community. Mm-hmm. And if you, um, if I threw out his name, you probably recognize it. He's always answering questions. He's super helpful. Just always, always right there giving someone the right answer. And so I got a couple of great guys on my team that I can really, really rely on. That's so. phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the way our coaching program is built out. It's just, it's taken on a life of its own. And literally every coach on our team, if I could spend more time with them, I would benefit because they're just They're so full of knowledge. They're doing the business. I love that. So didn't intend for this to be all about coaching, but you guys are doing (laughs) a great job. And it's such an interesting dynamic. Two coaches. I don't know if I've ever had two coaches at the same time on the program. So this is cool. (laughs) Well, I want to hear more about your story. Okay. Your business, you know, uh, so far all, all we've unpacked is, you know, the, the printables and, and uh-huh. bring those. And that's, that's a yeah. tiny piece of your business. Now let's mm-hmm. dive into where the rest of your Amazon business is built. Okay. So like I said, Joel was doing RA and I was packing. Well, he kind of got tired of doing that. He's like, Oh man, I am tired of Walmart. And so he said, I'm just going to, you know, do some things around the house. Amazon's yours. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I don't want to go to Walmart either. So I decided to start doing OA. And one, th- one thing before she gets into the story. Um, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Jessica is a very much a learner. She's always been a learner. She loves to learn. And so this whole time, this two years that I have been doing Amazon, year and a half, RA, she's been learning everything there is to learn about selling on Amazon. So she had all the knowledge, all the tools that she needed to do it. I'm very much, I learned by doing. And so that's the big difference in the two of us. Uh, I don't like to sit down at a computer and go through a, a module if I don't have to. As long as I get the basics of what needs to be done, I like to go do it and kind of work through the process as I'm going about it. But she's, so she had learned uh, everything there was to learn about it and she kind of took it from there. So, so you were diving into replens then? It sounds like maybe um, Jessica, is that the point you started doing some replan training? No, not, not yet. Not yet. Okay. That's coming. That's coming. But yeah. yeah, I was just doing just normal online arbitrage, yeah. just, gotcha. you know, okay. accounts and stuff. And um, we were doing really well with that. But then we went to a Legends conference, a Legends family reunion in the spring of 2019. And Jimmy Smith stood up and he gave a presentation. And I believe it was the first time that Jimmy ever spoke mm-hmm. about replants. It was, yeah, it was. He, he stood up there and he gave his presentation. And my husband and I were like, jaws dropped. And he was up all night long. And then our whole drive home, he didn't shut up about this concept. He was like, this is amazing. We have got to do this when we get home. And it wasn't just the whole replans concept. It was the way Jimmy brought forth, you know, he, he basically gave it a system. He systematized yes. it. The Which way Joel talked, loved. Right. Exactly. There's my system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Jimmy has everything so thoughtfully laid out. Mm-hmm. From how to analyze, you know, how many units you need to move at an average selling price to get this kind of profit. You know, it was just perfect. And so my we, we, we went home and we hired a shopper and a packer. And in the 30 days after that, our business increased by $30,000. And so we were like, oh, I think we're onto something here. And so we 
continued with our shopper and our packer doing the replens. And then I still kind of did the OA because I still enjoy it. I like looking for the deal. I like the clearance and the mm-hmm. sales. I still very much enjoy that. Um, sure. So our business today is half replens, half of whatever fun stuff I can drum up. I like to do clothes and shoes. And so I do that. Do you fulfill those yourself typically, or are you doing FBA on those? FBA, FBA for everything. We have maybe a couple of merchant fulfilled products, but we prefer everything goes to FBA. Really? I'd like to pause and unpack that for a moment. Okay. Because how's that, two questions come to mind. How's that affect your IPI score to nerd out a little bit for those who know? Uh And the other one is, man, you've got a lot of stuff that you, you could be making some serious money on your top ASINs if you're willing to do some of the fulfillment yourself on those pretty tables behind you. Like, what's your thought process there? Well, as far as the first part of your question, the IPI, it actually hangs out pretty, we're actually doing really well. Um, it's higher than it's ever been. And I think that's though because of the, the replans. We still have those replans moving through that's helping out with that score. But then when I do source clothes and shoes, I'm looking for stuff that is moving really fast or really low rank, really quick okay. turn products. You're doing good research then. You're not yeah. guessing like, oh, I think someone would like this. You're really, you're yeah. looking at Keepa even on your... Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Okay. Shoes and clothes. and okay. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and as far as the merchant fulfilling, I think we would be more interested in doing that if we had some more help. So, you know, that shopper and packer that we hired back in 2019, fast forward to three weeks ago, they both quit. So they are a husband-wife team and they decided that they wanted to move on and do something else. And we are so excited that they did that because they're starting their own business and we're happy with that. However... It leaves us right at the very moment. It is just us two and our teenage daughter. Gotcha. So we're a little bit, yeah. we're, we're treading we'll, water. We brought someone else on board. He's starting at the end of this. Yeah. Person. Yes. We've I got you. He's just not here yet. So yeah. I got you. Well, um, on that long list of like, you know what? We got to try this. You know, let me bump that concept of FBM, Merchant Fulfill, yeah. on some of your top ASINs. Like figure out your top 20 or 30 ASINs and uh-huh. take a look at the Merchant Fulfill possibility. I mean, you guys yeah. can the next 30 or 50 pay sales easily in yeah. the bank this Q4. You know, if you can get that right person in place in time, uh-huh. uh, you know, this, yeah. I'm sure that's low hanging fruit for you guys. Yeah. 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 Hey, sorry for the interruption. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but I wanted to throw in a quick reminder about our fantastic sponsor, Payoneer. That's P-A-Y-O-N-E-E-R. Payoneer.com slash funding up to $750,000 without a credit check. If you're an Amazon or Walmart seller, great terms. Go check out what they have to offer our community. If you're trying to grow your business and the thing holding you back is capital, they're a great place to look to solve that problem fast. Very flexible repayment terms as well, which is super cool. Payoneer.com. Check them out, guys. Back to the show. You know, if you can get that right person in place in time, uh-huh. uh, you know, this, yeah. I'm sure that's low hanging fruit for you guys. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, that's basically it. Last year in 2020, we missed our 1 million mark by a very small margin. And um, we're okay with that because we took the whole month of February off to go snowboarding out in Colorado. So we were, we were totally cool. That was fine. That um, sounds awesome. Was it the whole, how much of your crew was able to make it? It was like it, a family thing? It was, yeah. Um, except for my son, he was stuck in basic training at that time. So he didn't get to go, but my other grown daughter and her husband and their three girls came with us. Yep. So oh, that's so great. Yeah. Yep. So we all you got took to a whole month off. Yep. The whole month. almost hit a million. 
Yeah, yeah. So it was that's awesome. Wait, no, we got to cover the margins. Like, what's your ROI margin? Like, give me the big numbers there. Okay, that's you. Yeah, you, know, you know we're we're gradually doing better with our profit margin. You know, and we have on the OA side, and this is kind of why we still do it. We're at a twenty eight percent profit margin on the replan side. It's down around the nineteen to twenty percent, depending on the month. But you know, like you talked about IPI, that's that's a good reason to work some replan into your business, but it's also it's replans are also profitable. It's just the, the I guess the unit profit is not as good on as some of the other items that you would find. But you, it's, it's always a go to, right? Um, yeah. something, and that's what makes it profitable. And the other thing that I found in starting this business from a number perspective is you know because it turns so quick. Uh, if you're if you're being careful on what you replan, because it turns so quick, you can you can have forty thousand dollars a month in sales uh, with ten to twelve, maybe thirteen thousand dollars in cost of goods because right. it's turning over so fast, and you can get those and get the, those numbers to work that way. Whereas on the other side, it, move, it does move a little bit slower, so you're gonna have you have to have a little bit more inventory to get that amount of sales. A little more work, a little slower moving. Right. Bigger profits on the, right. the thrill of the hunt model, the OA, the scanning barcodes, the you know, hitting the clearance aisles, which is still, you know, it's hard for me to walk through a Walmart confession without at least glancing at the clearance aisle because I think so many of us kind of started there and played around there and found some gold there. And right. so it's hard to just ignore it, but right. you can. If, you know, right. you don't need it now, right. uh, it's, which is a nice place to be. And I, I'd like to hear a contrast because you guys are doing a healthy bit of both models. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. scanning barcodes, looking for hot shoes, hot clothes that are discounted mm-hmm. on sale price and the boring replan, like, you know, two bottles of ketchup bundled together. Okay, here it goes. We're selling eight of these a month and making, you know, $12 doing it when it's all said and done. But you mm-hmm. ramp that up and you got a business. Like, right. You guys are doing both. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that contrast the two a little bit more to, you know, let's dive into a little bit more and your numbers are right down the middle almost. It sounds like too, from what you said. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So I think it's, it's important to have both because I find that uh, it's good to have a good base of replens, but I think it's important to also understand the amount of work that goes into sustaining it because it dries up quick. If you're not consistent with your shopping, packing, and shipping out to Amazon, you know, that sale is not going to be there to give you the money that you need to do it again. And it really comes down to paying attention to what your numbers are averaging out. You know, if you're averaging a $4 profit on each unit that you sell, well, how many do you have to sell to pay for the cost of your business? And then how many do you have to sell to pay for your income? And it just comes down to putting in the work and being consistent with it because it's, it's pretty easy to average those numbers out and then come up with a weekly spend goal and a monthly spend goal. And if you're reaching those amounts, then you're doing the job that you need to. And that's what I like about the replan side. And it kind of works out the same on the OARA side. But I guess what we like to do on the OARA side is see how good we can do with those um, buys so that it increases our overall unit profit. And so if we can get a 12 or $15, you know, unit profit versus the four to $7 unit profit, it helps the, it helps the business overall. Maybe we should do this for the new listeners too, because we've gotten slightly technical on a scale of one to 10. We're like at a four or five technical, you know, here for people who are new, they're like, okay, I didn't follow some of this. It split out in my mind. Like if one of your new students was saying, okay, 
You do RIOA, scan barcodes, look for sales and stuff, and you do replens. Define the two for me. Like, where's that? Is there a clean line that breaks those two into two categories? It sounds like the same thing to a new seller, maybe. Yeah, sure. How are those two different? I guess um, Jessica's a little more strict about a replan than I am. But in my mind, a replan is there as long as it lasts. And so even if I'm going to a liquidation store like Ollie's, I'll count that as a replan as long as they have it in their inventory. Uh, Because it does work out almost the same with other replans that you find in Walmart or Target. It can become too competitive and, and it dries up for a period of time. And maybe you go back to it in six months and it's profitable again. But in my mind, a replan is something that you can go to weekly. And as long as you're willing to go to um, another store, it may not be in your local store, but you go to the neighboring town, you can go pick it up um, so that you're sending it in consistently at least twice a month. We tried to get to where we were sending it in uh, on a weekly basis on the replan side. It's kind of boring, predictable, easily sourced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lower, exactly. maybe lower margin than the exciting thrill of the hunt stuff, right? Yeah, it's typically you know I find that it's it's typically a lower margin, lower price point for most of those replant items that we're finding. Some of them are on the higher side, but very few, and it averages out at around a four dollar unit profit is what our replan our our typical replans are doing. And now, how many replans do you guys have? Active, probably between 350 and 400 that are active. We have, you know, eight, 900 that are there that we can, you know, go back to and probably add some more to that 350. We kind of keep 350 to 400 active replants going. Gotcha. Beautiful. All right, Jessica, what do you leave out? Anything? Well, not so much. I just say that a replant is something that you can buy over and over again at the same price. You can always find it. You know, you, you can always count on, you know, it to cost this much and sell for about this much. Mm-hmm. So, um, well put. Yeah. Yeah. And then everything else is kind of like the thrill of the hunt treasure. You buy it while you can, cause it probably won't be here next week. Right. Right. Kind of stuff. Right. And that's right. exciting too. All mm-hmm. right. I love it. Well, we've dove into your business a little bit about family. I know you guys homeschool too. And that's been a consistent theme in our community. We tend to attract a lot of homeschool families. There's plenty of families that aren't homeschooling as well. But uh, how is this having this business active under the roof? You know, talk us through that a little bit. Like, what are what are some of the challenges you've seen? What are some of the benefits you've seen? Not to go too deep into this because I know this could be like a whole podcast theme for like 50 episodes, and we yeah. may do that at some point because there's a lot of demand for it. But just hit the highlights for us. Well, homeschooling for us, you know, some days we'll get it done and some days we won't. So, you know, there's, um, we try to be very flexible, you know, we get the kids in here in the prep room with us and, you know, sometimes, you know, they'll read to us or they'll, yeah, they'll sit here right beside me and work their math while I'm, you know, on the computer searching for product. And so we kind of try to mesh it all together. You know, um, we're trying to all work together. When Joel goes out, he doesn't do as much RA as he used to. He's been starting to do it again a little bit and go out and shopping. And, um, he takes our 12 year old with him, um, our son, and our son has learned how to read a keep a chart and he has his own phone and he scans products and he can look at the keep a chart and say, okay, this looks like a good one. What do you think, dad? And so Joel will say, yeah, this one's a winner. And so Cade will make some money off of that particular find, you know, and so he's making money. It always pays to take him along. He does really good. He is it. actually really good at it. Yep. <laughs> so our 12 year old does, um, he does that. He does sourcing and our 15 year old is 
hands down, one of the best packers you will ever find. She is very diligent and she works pretty quickly and she is very thorough. She's just very meticulous, you know, like she'll let me know, Hey mom, this is, you know, this has got a mark on it or whatever, you know, we can't sell this or. She's the one that catches the expiration dates. Yes, she is. That's that's tie on our family. That's our tie. (laughs) Yeah. She's a very um, typical slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Yeah. She's very. Yeah. She's very thorough, very good. Yeah. So she works Fantastic. in here. We don't pay her enough, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, <laughs> we won't let her watch this episode. <laughs> no, we won't. So, you know, and I count that as part of their school. You know, they're learning how to be an entrepreneur. Um, neither one of my children have said, um, now my first two were a little bit different, but my second two, if you ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? They don't talk about going to college. They don't talk about getting a job. My daughter, Bella, will say, well, I'm going to start a business. This is what I'm going to do. And my son, he'll be like, well, I'm going to run the, I'm going to start a business. Both of them are very entrepreneurial. They're always trying to figure out how they can make money creatively. You know, they're, they don't even think about, you know, going to college and just getting a job. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I do too. And it may be controversial to some places. And I picked up on a couple of things you guys said, and I just want to I want to challenge a couple things. What specifically you said, sometimes we get school done, sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. I would disagree with that. I think that being in an entrepreneur's household and running a business with mom and dad is mm-hmm. better than anything they could get out of a book or out of a classroom with a stranger up front of the room teaching a bunch of people the same age. I agree. It's yeah. better. So you guys get schooled on better on the days where the books stay closed, I would argue, than on the days where they have to go. And yeah, you need some basic math. Yeah, we got to hit some of these. You know, we need to understand the history of our nation and there's some things that got to hit. But as a, as a homeschool family too, you know, our oldest is 24, our youngest is, is 15. We've gone through the homeschool thing for quite a while now and we're seeing how the kids are turning out based on this very loose system, very similar to yours. Sometimes it's like, hey, you know what? It's a nice day. We're going to the zoo. And right. it's going to be empty because it's middle yeah. of the day. You know? uh-huh. right. and so we get all the zoo workers who are passionate about what they do to yeah. ourselves. And you can ask a hundred questions. Like right. that's better than any textbook on giraffes. You could sit in a classroom, right? right. So we have that experience. And I've become very passionate the longer I'm in this homeschool entrepreneur circle. Like, man, mm-hmm. it's hard to beat. And I, without meeting your kids, I know your kids because I know how these kids turn out having been through that type of environment, you know, our kids are best friends with each other and they're super sharp and they know what they're passionate about. And there's some certain subjects they just don't care about. And I'm fine with that. You know, it's like, you don't have to be good at everything. I believe in the law of specialization, you know, that's biblical even like Mm -hmm. what, you know, what are you made for? What's that core? You know, we don't need 50 different subjects and go deep on all of them. That's not necessary. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, I, and I don't want to, maybe put anyone off or offend anyone by this, but I'm becoming more pro homeschool all the time. I see great families like yours and many families in our community. One of the challenges I hear sometimes, maybe you guys could tackle this with me. You know, I just had a guest on the podcast after we stopped recording here a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. I was talking to him about homeschooling and he's considering it. And he said, man, I just, I don't feel qualified. Like he's running a successful business, got a great marriage, you know, very entrepreneurial minded. And he just doesn't feel qualified to homeschool. What do you guys say to people who say something like that? I'm curious. Well, I would say that anybody would be qualified because who's the best expert on your child than you? You know, you know that person's strengths and their weaknesses. You know what what they need, where they need to be challenged and where they need to be, where they need to rein in and where they need to be pushed forward. And so I would say anybody who is a parent is qualified. Yeah, I completely agree. Absolutely. You know, 
we might have to start that podcast Facebook group at some point because we got a lot of people with some strong opinions on this subject. And uh, I think a lot of families and, and many families have considered it and jumped. There's been record setting numbers of people who yeah. have their kids home. Like, I don't know yeah. if I want to send them back to the school building. What do yeah. I do? Uh, right. Hey, let's teach them business. Yeah. Beautiful. So yeah. anything on that subject, Joel, anything pop the mind before we move forward? No, I think um, Jessica hit the nail on the head. You know, she's been uh, primarily the homeschool teacher. I've done a little bit more of it the last year or so, but um, she's much better at it than I am when it comes to the actual teaching part. But we've always had that philosophy, you know, even, and that's the one thing that I think kept our family stronger um, during the military times was that she was always that rock for the kids and they were at home. And uh, if I was gone, they still had the stability of a, you know, a stable family home life and the schedule and everything that mom brought to that. And so it's, yeah, if you can homeschool, if you can make it work, um, if you, if you get to the point where you're developing your business, where it pays for you to work from home, then bring your kids home with you and let them be a part of it and they'll be better for it. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I haven't met that entrepreneurial homeschool family that just, it was a total disaster and they regret it. <laughs> I, I haven't met them yet. I mean, I've yeah. talked to hundreds and hundreds of families uh-huh. that had this entrepreneurial, let's homeschool them, let's teach them our values. So we don't have to unlearn that crazy, whatever it is they picked up at school today that we doesn't align with our family values. You don't have to do any of that. You mm-hmm. teach them, right. we expose them to everything. Some people think, oh, you're only exposing them to what you believe. No, we, we studied evolution. Right. We studied all these other theories. And then we said, hey, here's where our family stands on these important right. issues. Here's what we believe. What do you think? Yeah. We're able to have these great conversations and use yeah. the content and materials and classic literature that we wanted to use to educate yeah. our kids. Mm-hmm. And I've yet to meet that family that goes, yeah, we homeschooled for about 10 years. And oh, it was, it was just a disaster. We had a business <laughs> out of our house and it was, yeah. it was terrible. Like you just don't meet those people. <laughs> Everyone's like, you guys are like us. It's like, it was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So, all right, well, we beat that topic up probably more than some people may appreciate, but I had a good time. (laughs) But I I want to, as we start to land this episode, which has just been tremendous. Thank you guys. This is a longer episode, but any tips or strategies or challenges for the listeners as we start to wrap it up? Like, is there anything we left off that you guys would like to hit? You know, first of all, thanks a lot for having us on. Um, It wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to (laughs) be. It's just a conversation and we could do this for hours too, but you know, we got to stop it at some point. Yeah. Thank you guys. Um, I think with what I'm learning uh, with business is that it's really important to um, just be consistent with what works. You know, don't get distracted with things that may seem, you know, appetizing or whatever. If it's not working, just go back to what works. And then, you know, along with being consistent, you know, I'm, I need to challenge myself to be willing to, to learn and step outside of the box sometimes, because I can, I can be that lone wolf that doesn't like to reach out and to learn from others. But if you, you know, if you're willing to, to do that, it can definitely grow your business because every conference we've gone to, whether it's the legends or CES or proven, you know, we, we've come back with something new to, that we're going to work on something new that uh, ends up really uh, being long lasting and improving the business. Um, so if you can have the opportunity to, to learn in person, I feel like it, it makes a big difference for your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's great advice. Yeah. I guess learning not to compare your journey to somebody else's, you know, to run the mile that you're in. I've run a lot of road races and, you know, when you're at mile 13 and you got to keep going to 26, 
and you're thinking to yourself, how am I going to get through 17? How am I going to get through 18? What am I going to do about 21? And I think a lot of Amazon sellers do the same thing. You know, my students will come to me and they'll say, well, what, do, what am I going to do when I get that IP complaint? Well, what am I going to do if they suspend me? And I just try to encourage them to run the mile that they're in, to just keep what they're doing right in front of them, keep putting one foot in front of the other, just keep moving. And when those things come, we'll figure it out. We'll run that mile when we get there. So that's actually, you know, it made some people might say, oh, that's kind of trite. That's kind of simple. But no, that that truly is the key. Mm-hmm. You know, what one of my mentors says, the biggest, if I only could give you one secret to success in life, and then I had to sum it all up into one short phrase, one short thing, the most powerful thing I could share with you to succeed is do what must be done when it must be done. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about what's going to happen. Like, oh, what about this? And the, you just kind of yes. become consumed with like, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if, no, go find more replens today. Right. Send them in tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You're going to get more money. Go find more replens and, and build a system and grow. Because, and I, I love too, Jessica, that you hit on a little, just to introduce a topic, this fear that people have, like, well, what if this happens? I know a guy that happened. I know this. To this day, we've trained thousands and thousands of students. I know fewer than five people who've been permanently suspended on Amazon. Right. Uh, less than five that I scratch my head and go, yeah, that's kind of weird. And in two or three of those cases, if they'd been persistent, I'm convinced we could have got their account back. With mm-hmm. tens of thousands of people in our community You'd think, but yet so many new sellers are like, oh yeah, I heard people get suspended. So I'm not going to do that. Like you're just, you're operating out of fear and of what ifs. I love that advice, Jessica. Just focus on what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Stick to the basics, do it. And don't worry about the what ifs because every challenge you're going to run into, we've run into it a thousand times already. We're going to be here to help you. And this stuff flat out works as you guys have attested to. Well, that's tremendous. What else? Anything else on your guys' list? I think that's it. That's it. Awesome. Well, I I love that you guys are part of our coaching program. I'm honored to get to work with you guys. It's truly a pleasure hanging out with you a little bit today as well. And next event, we're going to get out on an early morning run. I kind of stood you guys up this last (laughs) night. I think we were all pretty wiped out day three. We thought we were going to do it, but we didn't get out. So maybe next time. Yeah, next time. But uh, yeah, let me talk to the listeners for just a second too. Those who hung out with us today, I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we did. We had a blast hanging out today and just kind of getting to know each other a little bit. This is the longest I've talked with these guys. So hopefully you enjoyed getting to know them as much as I did. But you've given us some of your most valuable asset. That's some of your time today. And we're deeply grateful. We appreciate that so very much. There's a lot of other things you could have been doing, but you spent time with us. So thank you for that. And if you don't mind, if you found some value in this episode today, the only thing that we ask in return is to send a few friends to silentgym.com, check out the podcast, check out a few episodes. You'll be doing them a favor. You could change their life potentially if you help them start a business and change their financial future for, for their family and themselves. They'll be grateful and it's free. It doesn't cost anything. That's the only thing we ask in return. So, hey, until we have another great episode like this one again in the near future, I just want to say we're praying for you. We're in your corner. God bless you. Thanks for being a part of our community. We believe in business building warriors like you. We stand with you. We're here for you. Let us help you. We're here. And great people like Joel and Jessica in our community, tens of thousands of them from around the world. We just passed 66,000 members in our free Facebook group. Come be a part of it. All those links we talked about today, they're all in the show notes. So if you have questions about anything, any of the acronyms we use or any of the events or any of the other stuff like that, hey, look in the show notes. We got some good stuff for you there just below this episode. But until then, until the next episode, we'll talk to you soon. God bless you. And uh, we'll talk to you then.
Bye then. Hey, before we end this episode, real quick, I want to thank our sponsor, Payoneer. Payoneer.com slash funding. Go there. They've got a great offer. Tell them Jim sent you. They'll give you 10% off the fees on your first funding. Remember, if you need more money to grow your business, these are some great guys to talk to. They become a sponsor of our show. We're very grateful. And if you jump over and check out what they have to offer, I think you're going to like what you see. Very flexible payment terms, great interest rates. Go check out payoneer.com slash funding. Hey, we'll see you next episode. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.